0: Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. A man, after writing angry blog entries about his frustration with women for months, started to plan an attack. What's left behind for us is a twisted look into the mind of a budding mass killer. This fall, you've got places to be, and ideally, being in a checkout line hopefully isn't one of them. You might as well leave the meal planning and grocery shopping to HelloFresh. With the pre-proportioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes delivered right to you, you'll save on a lot of time and hassle. A lot of parents watch my videos, and I'm sure they've got enough to do with back-to-school plans and shopping. So let HelloFresh save you some money and time with pre-proportioned meals sent straight to your door. Now if you're like me and feel hungry all the time, go ahead and add some snacks, sides, or more onto your order. Simply go onto the HelloFresh market and take your pick from a selection of over a hundred add-on items. HelloFresh saves me a lot of time by giving me both ingredients and ideas that I normally wouldn't have had. This week, I decided to go for the Gouda Vibes Burger. I've said in the past that the burgers HelloFresh offers are usually my favorite meals, and this one is no exception. Can't lose with Gouda cheese. Easy to make, tastes great, doesn't disappoint. I recommend you give this one a shot. So to get a special deal, go to HelloFresh.com and use code 50DIRETRIP at checkout for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, go to HelloFresh.com and use code 50DIRETRIP at checkout for 50% off plus free shipping. Or just check out the link in the description below. At the time of this story, George Sedini was a 48-year-old systems analyst at a law firm called K&L Gates for about 10 years, living in Scott Township, Pennsylvania. To those around him, he seemed like a pretty average guy. He had money, he was somewhat above average looking, and didn't really seem to raise any red flags. Little did anyone know, George didn't always have the best life. According to his online diary, he was bullied by his older brother all throughout his childhood and never really got along with the other kids at school. By the time he was an adult, he was already a chronic loner. He never really had any meaningful relationships and never got married despite wanting to. George, feeling unfulfilled in life, started keeping track of his thoughts in an online diary in December of 2008. In this diary, he detailed his hardships in life. This included his family struggles and his periodic addiction to alcohol, but above all, he discussed his difficulty with attracting women. He often wrote, in various ways, that he hadn't had a girlfriend since 1984 and hadn't slept with a woman in 19 years. He wrote in one post, "'Women just don't like me. There are 30 million desirable women in the US, my estimate, and I cannot find one. Not one of them finds me attractive. In his blog, he often spoke of a church that he regularly attended in Plum called Tetelestai Church. The pastor of this church has said that George attended fairly often up until an incident in 2006. This was when he got into a bit of a conflict involving a woman at church. The pastor, gently wording it, has simply said that he was paying too much attention to her. After speaking to George about the incident, it all stopped. The woman who has gone unnamed later showed up in some of George's blog entries. While she wanted nothing to do with him, even going as far as complaining to the pastor about his constant advances, George had it in his mind that they were in some sort of relationship together. He often wrote on his blog that recently he hadn't had any girlfriends besides her. Churchgoers, however, have said he had it in his mind that she was in love with him and they were having an affair. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Apparently, police eventually had to get involved with a trooper telling George that he needed to behave himself. No arrests were ever made, but it was decided that George would no longer be allowed to attend this church. George, on his blog, made it seem that he left the church of his own volition, going on to write some disturbing lines that would give readers their first insight into his deepest thoughts. He said the pastor teaches, and I quote, You can commit mass murder and then still go to heaven. Ask him. Adding that, in any case, guilt and fear kept me there for 13 long years until November of 2006. I think this crap did the most damage." Despite these alarming statements, George had no criminal record. Aside from his online rants and the incident at his church, nobody felt that anything was wrong with him aside from being a bit of a creeper. For nine months on his blog, George chronicled the constant rejection he received from the women in his life and detailed his sexual frustration. He struggled to find a reason as to why he had such bad luck with women, saying, "'Who knows why? I'm not ugly or too weird. No sex since July 1990, either. I was 29. Going into detail, he continued, Last time I slept all night with a girlfriend, it was 1982. Girls and women don't even give me a second look. Anywhere. Women just don't like me. There are 30 million desirable women in the U.S., my estimate, and I cannot find one. Frustrated in his lack of success, George decided to start attending a self-help seminar which aimed to teach young men how to attract women. The three-day, eight-hour classes were run by a self-proclaimed dating expert and author named Ardon Steele. They were designed to allow men to pick women's brains about what they like, straight from the source. Many men came from all over the U.S. in order to better find out how to attract a partner. These classes taught everyone everything from what color of necktie to wear to best attract a woman to how to get over mommy issues. But my objective is to be real and to learn to be emotional and to, you know, to be able to emotionally connect with people. Because when I'm 10 to 20 years older than she is, you know, she has to feel good about this thing. And the only way around that, you know, is is to work on this and perhaps STEM exercises or forgiveness exercises as per Hay or or whatever else. I'm going to post this and see what comes back. While in this class, one of the assignments was to make a video house tour. George did just that, giving a detailed view of his whole house for all to see, uploading it to YouTube. The goal of the assignment was to make your home more attractive to women. According to a 20-year-old woman who worked with the class and graded the assignment, he was seen as studious and quiet. She said, He was really, really quiet, he took a lot of notes, adding that he was, quote, the most studious in the workshops. But by the end of the classes, she noted that, while the other men had loosened up and gained some confidence, George was still just as nervous as when he had started. George decided to try hitting up a local gym. While he was most likely aiming to improve his looks to better attract a woman, it seems that seeing the women in the gym did nothing but make him even more frustrated. On December 22nd in 2008, he wrote on his blog, Time is moving along, plan to have this done already. I will just keep a running log here as time passes. Many of the young girls here look so beautiful as to not be human, very edible. After joining this gym, started lifting weights and like it. Much info about weight programs, diet, etc. on the web, or anything for that matter. Instead of TV, I can Google for hours to relax. TV and most movies are dull. The holidays were evidently particularly difficult for George. They reminded him of the last time he was in a relationship. This was with a woman he mentions time to time known only as Pam. In this entry, though, he seemed to want to focus more on the brighter side of things in his own sort of way. December 24th, 2008 Moving into Christmas again. No girlfriend since 1984. Last Christmas with Pam was in 1983. Who knows why? I'm not ugly or too weird. No sex since July 1990 either. I was 29 no shit over 18 years ago and did it maybe only 50 to 75 times in my life getting to think that a woman now would just uh get in the way of things isolated i have extra money and enjoy traveling too with my 25 to 30 days of vacation la was the best but going alone is not too fun invited to a party on christmas day tomorrow seems about 15 to 25 people will actually show i like her parties i can meet new people and talk got the next eight days off I should have exit plan done and practice by then. I know nothing will change, no matter how hard I try or what goals I set." Despite seeming somewhat optimistic from time to time, the journal entries would often disintegrate into rage-fueled rants. For example, when he wrote, "'Girls and women don't even give me a second look anywhere. There is something blatantly wrong with me that no goddamn person will tell me what it is." There weren't even that many people in George's life who could tell him what was wrong with him. Nobody knew him that well. His own neighbor said that he was so antisocial that he didn't know a single personal thing about him. It was probably about three or four days ago. And we noticed him sitting on the driveway. How long was he sitting there? I I don't know. We were just taking a walk. We're going past and we came back. Not in the chair, on the driveway. Yeah, on the driveway, yeah. Just a strange fella. He was kind of a reclusive person. So I'm not sure that I would pick up on him looking troubled. I kind of always thought he was a little, you know, different, um, so to speak. This is likely why nobody could have known that George was even planning an attack. But he was definitely planning something big. He started dropping hints as to what he was going to do just after Christmas on his journal. December 28th, 2008. Glad I stayed around. All these days off are great. I'll shoot for Tuesday, January 6, 2009, at maybe 8.15. I have a list of to-do items to make. This to-do list of items likely referred to weaponry, as you might have guessed. George did go on to buy some guns. As he had no criminal record and no known mental illnesses that might bar him from getting a weapon, he was able to buy his guns legally. TGS Com Incorporated was an online gun wholesaler based in Wisconsin. They sold George magazines, magazine-loading tools, and other items on his list. This particular company had also sold a handgun to Sung Hui Cho, the killer in the 2007 Virginia Tech shooting, and to a man named Steven Kasmerzak, who went on to shoot and kill five people at Northern Illinois University in 2008. Their reputation took quite a hit because of this. George started to value his own life less and less, accepting the fact that, if he were to commit some sort of mass attack, he likely wouldn't make it out alive. He started writing about these epiphanies in his blog. December 30th, 2008. While driving, I radio surfed to a talk show. The caller was a 30-ish black man who was describing the despair in certain black communities. According to him, life is cheap there because you're going to die anyway when you get old. It is the quality of life that's important, he said. If you know the past 40 years were crappy, why live another 30 crappy years, then die? His point was they engage in dangerous behavior which tends to shorten their lifespans to die now and avoid the next 30 crappy years, using my example. The host got sarcastic and ended the call instead of trying understanding his point. Agreement wasn't necessary. I put music back on, but it was an interesting and useful point for me to hear. While working out at the gym, George's rage somewhat subsided for a while. He hadn't known the benefits that exercise could bring. Coming to this realization caused him to reflect back on his bleak upbringing, blaming his lack of knowledge on his family. December 31st, 2008. My anger and rage is largely gone since I began lifting weights. Lifting drains me, but I still have energy. Someone else suggested running, but that did not help me. I guess strenuous exercise is necessary for a man. So I just learned that now at 48. Maybe 30 years later than I would have liked. My dad never, not once, talked to me or asked about my life's details and tell me what he knew. He was just a useless sperm donor. Don't know why. Find it fun talking to young kids when I visit someone. Brother was actually counterproductive and would try to embarrass me or discourage my efforts when pursuing things, especially girls early on, teen years. Useless bully. Result is I am learning basics by trial and error in my 40s, followed by discouragement. Seems odd, but that's true. Writing all this is helping me justify my plan and to see the futility of continuing. Too embarrassed to tell anyone this. At almost 50, one is expected to just know these things. I hope it doesn't snow on Tuesday. Just thought of that. The crowd will be thin, so I would postpone. As evident by the end of that journal entry, a lack of rage didn't really deter George's plans for an attack. If anything, he was even more motivated as the day he planned to carry it out drew near. He was aiming for January 6th, and the day before, he wrote, Was at the gym to lift. Very crowded. Tomorrow should be good. There is a woman there that gives me a certain look every time I am there. I decided to walk over and make a comment about the crowds, but she left when I finished the exercise. Better that I do not get sidetracked from tomorrow's plans anyways. Life is just playing games. One or two dates with her, then the end. No matter how many changes I try to make, things stay the same. Every evening I'm alone, then go to bed alone. Young women were brutal when I was younger. Now they aren't as much, probably because they just see me as another old man. I see twenty-something couples everywhere. I see a twenty-something guy with a nice twenty-ish young woman. I think those years slipped right by for me. Why should I continue another 20-plus years alone? I will just work, come home, eat, maybe do something, then go to bed, alone, for the next day of the same thing. This is the Auschwitz Syndrome. To be in serious pain so long one thinks it's normal. I cannot wait for tomorrow. George was ready. He had planned this attack in one way or another for months now, since back in November. The next morning, he started to hype himself up for what he was about to do. January 6th, 2009. I can do this. Leaving work today, I felt like a zombie, just going through the motions. Get on the bus, get the car, drive home, my mind is screwed up anymore. I can't concentrate at work or think at all. This log is not detailed. It is only for confidence to do this. The future holds even less than what I have today. It is 6.40pm, about an hour and a half to go. God have mercy. I wish life could be better for all and the crazy world could somehow run smoother. I wish I had answers. Bye. However, this entry came with an edit later that evening. It is 8.45 p.m. I chickened out. Shit. I brought the loaded guns. Everything. Hell. George had backed out. After giving it a shot and experiencing the whole thing in reality, he realized he couldn't go through with it. For a few months, George would actually calm down. Although he still had his issues with women, it seemed that he had given up on any sort of attack. This came with a few months of peace. But, by April of that year, George's company was experiencing multiple layoffs. He felt that his turn was coming any day now, writing, I predict I won't survive the next layoff. That is when there is no point to continue. Right now, life is bearable and I can get by indefinitely. Something bad must happen. The paycheck is all I have left. The future holds nothing for me. 25 years of nothing fun. I never even spent one weekend with a girl in my life, even at my own place. Also unlikely to find another similar job. I guess then is when I take care of things. I don't have kids, close friends, or anything. Just me here. If you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. Feeling that his livelihood was coming to an end and that he no longer had anything left to lose, George started falling back into his old plans of committing mass murder. May 5th, 2009. To pull the exit plan off, it popped into my mind to just use some booze. I want to do this before I get laid off, for reasons not worth mentioning but don't seem to have the balls. After the gym, I stopped at Shop and Save and got a fifth of vodka and a small bottle of Jack Daniels. I haven't had a drink since September 1st, 1988, just over 20 years. It doesn't matter now. I need to use it to take the edge off of carrying out the exit plan. I will be taking some every now and then to try to get used to it and see if the alcohol effects will embolden me. Strangely, though, not too long after getting back into these attack plans, George actually got a date. He didn't elaborate on how he managed to do this or who it was with. However, despite finally getting a date, he didn't seem to be any more optimistic than before. In fact, he took the opportunity to detail how unhappy he was with his love life. May 18th, 2009. I actually had a date today. It was with a woman I met on the bus in March. We got together at 2PBG Place for lunch. The last date for me was May 1st, 2008. Women just don't like me. There are 30 million desirable women in the US, my estimate, and I cannot find one. Not one of them finds me attractive. Perhaps due to his negativity, his date apparently didn't go well, with George writing, Another lonely Friday night. I'm done. This is too much. Just a little over a week later. Likely due to this, George's rage only built up and his desire to murder women only increased. By June, his diary entries started to get all the more familiar to the modern incel rhetoric. June 5th, 2009. I was reading several posts on different forums and it seems many teenage girls have sex frequently. One 16-year-old does it usually three times a day with her boyfriend. So er, after a month of that, this little hoe had more sex than me in my life and I'm 48. One more reason. Thanks for nada, bitch. Bye. By the end of the month, his rage had subsided into more melancholic, depressing rants. He talked about his loneliness. July 20th, 2009. Been a long time since last right. Everything still sucks. I guess some of us were simply meant to walk a lonely path. I have slept alone for over 20 years. Last time I slept all night with a girlfriend was 1982. Proof I am a total malfunction. Girls and women don't even give me a second look anywhere. Within a few days, George was losing his mind more and more, going crazy after simply seeing a girl outside of his window, causing him to go into uncomfortable levels of detail. July 23rd, 2009. Wow. I just looked out my front window and saw a beautiful college-age girl leave Bob Fox's house across the street. I guess he had a good lay today. College girls are hoes. I masturbate frequently. He is about 45 years old. She was a long-haired, hot little hottie with a beautiful bod. I masturbate frequently. Some were simply meant to walk a lonely path in life. I don't usually look out, but just happen to notice. Holy shit. I've masturbated since age 13. Thanks, mom and brother, by blood alone. And dad, old man, for totally ignoring me through the years. All of you deeply helped me to be this way. That was uncomfortable to read. Before too long, in August, his plans for an attack were in full swing once again. For the next few days, George would go in and out of his gym, scoping the place out. He visited the gym about three times in two days. He even got a worker there to show him how to turn all the lights on and off. This was all before George posted his final blog post on August 3rd, 2009. I took off today, Monday, and tomorrow to practice my routine and make sure it's well polished. I need to work out every detail. There's only one shot. Also I need to be completely immersed into something before I can be successful. I haven't had a drink since Friday at about 2.30. Total effort needed. Tomorrow is the big day. Unfortunately I talked to my neighbor today who is very positive and upbeat. I need to remain focused and absorb completely. Last time I tried this in January I chickened out. Let's see how this new approach works. Maybe soon I will see God and Jesus. At least that is what I was told. Eternal life does not depend on works. If it did, we would all be in hell. Christ paid for every sin, so how can I or you be judged by God for a sin when the penalty was already paid? People judge, but that does not matter. I was reading the Bible and the integrity of God beginning yesterday, because soon I will see them. I will try not to add any more entries because this computer clicking distracts me. This really did prove to be George's final entry. Unlike back in January, there was no edit this time around. George entered his gym, an L.A. fitness center just outside of Pittsburgh, during a women's aerobics class at around 8.15 p.m. on August 4th of 2009. He brought with him four handguns. This incident would come to be known as the Bridgeville L.A. Fitness Shooting. George entered the class, put a large duffel bag onto the ground, and turned off the lights in the studio. He took out two handguns, one in each hand, and started firing indiscriminately. He fired at least 52 shots with two Glock semi-automatic pistols. One of the survivors of the attack, a woman named Loretta Moss, said that she was on a treadmill when she started hearing popping noises. I didn't pay attention and the next minute people were screaming, she said. There was like a whole spray of them, I'd say about 15 altogether, and then the people started screaming and yelling and started running out of the building. We laid down and then after the last of the gunshots we got up and someone said run. She said she saw two women on the ground who had been shot. One was wounded in the leg and the other in the shoulder. The woman who had been shot in the leg was screaming for someone to call an ambulance. A pregnant woman named Mary Primus, an aerobics instructor, was shot twice and survived. She had been shot once in the left shoulder and again through the back of her shoulder blade. It was actually supposed to be her last week teaching before taking time off for the pregnancy. Then, when George he was finished, he took out a third gun, a 45 caliber revolver, and shot himself in the head. The first 911 call was placed at 8.16 p.m., George was found dead in the aerobics room, lying on top of his guns only a short distance away from one of his victims. Elizabeth Gannon, 49, of Pittsburgh, Heidi Overmeyer, 46, of Carnegie, Pennsylvania, and Jody Billingsley, 38, of Mount Lebanon, died during the attack. Nine others had been wounded to various degrees. The remaining nine victims were swiftly taken into three different hospitals. Two were in critical condition, two others were in surgery, Three others were to be held in the hospital for the time being, and two were treated and released shortly after arriving. A note was found left at the scene in George's duffel bag. The typed letter didn't mention anything of his intention to shoot himself, but a handwritten note left behind at his home did. Police searched his home, seized his car, and took his computer in to analyze. When interviewed, the woman who helped out at George's self-help seminar said, in disbelief, George didn't seem like a bad person. He was there for self-improvement. George had evidently chosen this time specifically because it would be an aerobics class just for women. A schedule was found in his home with that class circled. It wasn't believed that he targeted any one person specifically, mainly just going after women in general. The rest of the note mainly consisted of similar content to his blogs, with George detailing his sexual frustration, his inability to get a date, and his failure to get married despite always having wanted to. Shortly after the incident, George's family released a statement saying simply, "Our hearts and prayers are with the victims and their families, and we pray for the full recovery of the survivors on August sixth of two thousand nine about seventy five people, mostly friends and family of the victims, but also including various women rights activists, clergy members, and local officials, held a candlelit vigil in downtown Pittsburgh in honor of the victims. Many feminist groups went on to attribute the attack to misogyny. This was before the incel movement was really even a thing. People hadn't seen any attacks like this. About a week later, it was revealed that George had decided that his estate, valued at about $225,000, would go to the University of Pittsburgh, which he attended. A spokesperson for the university went on to say that they had zero interest in receiving it for obvious reasons. Instead, they requested that the estate go to the victims and their families. Two years later, in March of 2012, State Farm Fire & Casualty Co. filed a legal motion in order to be exempt from their liability under George's $100,000 personal liability policy. Victims of the crime have said that the insurance company had failed to ensure that George got proper mental health care. TGSCOM, the company that had sold George some of his weaponry, went on the close in 2012 after an investigation by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the Wisconsin Better Business Bureau, and the Green Bay Police. George's legacy lived on, unfortunately, as he came to be discussed widely by the incel movement that popped up a few years later online, unfortunately inspiring many others to go down the same path as him. Once again, this has been your host Kyle. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode. Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.